Today on the Dominic Enyart Show, the left finds itself in a precarious position in their hatred of everything good and holy, which stems from their hatred of the source of goodness, God himself. They find themselves hating the mere concept of religion. Interestingly enough, in their hatred of religion, they've replaced it with, well, another religion. I suppose their self-loathing makes sense. All of that and more right here on the Dominic Enyart Show. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country and welcome to the Dominic Enyart Show. The left claims to hate religion despite the fact that the left itself is a religion, a religion with various core tenets that are always evolving. The god of leftism is the self, and the self demands worship. It demands full and total submission. It demands the rejection of all other gods. It demands faith, faith to believe that everything came from nothing, the faith, for example, to believe it's not wrong to kill innocent children, faith to believe that men can have babies and that men are capable of menstrual cycles. The religion of leftism has its own doctrines, one of original sin, that the racism which is built down deep in the core within all of us is the original sin. The religion of leftism, they have their own prophets, including various ABC and CNN hosts. The religion has its own martyrs, most prominent of which was George Floyd. And while the left, they love to make fun of Christians for our religious dogma, they themselves exhibit every aspect of religion which they claim to hate. They have gods that they worship. They have, they exercise faith. They exercise a moral code. They have doctrines, prophets, and martyrs. The only thing that they're missing really is religious texts, which that's fine for them because they have teenagers making TikToks, which that content is the equivalent of their Bible. And although their canonization process isn't well thought through, they hold to it pretty passionately. And none of this should be surprising to us. For one, the left is full to the brim with gutless, cowardly hypocrites. But two, and this is my main point, you cannot merely get rid of God. Not in your personal life, not in your family, not in your community, not in your country. You cannot merely get rid of God. You can only replace him. And there's a more secular view of God and of gods. And albeit incorrect, it gives us an interesting insight. Someone's God is only what they value the most. Every person, right, they have a hierarchy of values. And whatever is at the top of that person's hierarchy is their God. And this is wrong, as obviously there is only one true God, the God of Abraham. However, when dealing with people's worldviews, this is an interesting thought exercise. Regardless, when a society attempts to remove God from everything, they end up with a God-sized hole. And naturally, they attempt to fill in that hole, and inevitably, they end up filling it with idols, and they get a crude approximation of a religion. 
We've been continuing Bob Enyart's verse-by-verse Bible study. It's a dispensational open-view study through the Bible. You can sign up to receive those, by the way, monthly at kgov.com slash store to get a study every month. Right now, we're in Jeremiah, and the Bible, as usual, it's as relevant as ever. The Bible right now, written thousands of years ago, is more relevant than our current news cycles. Chapter 2 of Jeremiah reads, Has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. And isn't that so true of America and the left? They worship the God of the self, which they're unworthy of their own worship. The faith that they practice, it's a blind faith. I was witnessing to a gal about maybe two or three weeks ago, and I I asked her why she was an atheist. And she told me how happy she was as an atheist and that she didn't want to think about God or religion because it was too uncomfortable and it might jeopardize her happiness. And so she ignorance was bliss for her. And that was an honest moment for sure. But it illustrates the faith that they have is a it's a blind faith. And compare that to Christianity, which teaches in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you can read into that a little bit, that faith is the proper response to the evidence. And the Bible, it doesn't call us to have a blind faith. Rather, it wants us to have a rational, well-thought-through, logical faith. Then the moral code of the left, many Christians will say that the left doesn't have any moral code, which is not true. They do have a moral code. It's just a very bad one. In a word, it teaches murder of the innocent is good and protection of the guilty is good. If a woman is raped, you execute the child and free the rapist. It's an evil moral code. But they adhere to it nonetheless, and it is a moral code. Leftism, it has its own martyrs, which I'd like to take a look at in a moment. But so the religion of the left, it's a false religion to be sure, but a religion nonetheless. And not only is it a false religion, but it's cult-like in nature. Ignoring the child sacrifice and human mutilation, leftism exhibits some very clear-cut cultish tendencies. For example, cults target the vulnerable and inexperienced. They go after the low-hanging fruit. And this is why the left, they went insane in Florida after they passed their anti-grooming law. The law, by the way, said you aren't allowed to groom kids from kindergarten to third grade. Once they get into fourth grade, then you can groom them, just not before. And just that minor inconvenience, that minor inconvenience to the left, it sent them into a fury because it's hindering their recruitment process, their recruitment process going after the vulnerable. And cults, cults are also adamant about channels of information and only specific approved channels are acceptable to cults. And for example, the Mother God cult, if you're not familiar The Mother God cult is horrid, and they have doctrines that teach where information is allowed to come from. And they teach that 
they use the Bible a little bit, and they teach that the tree of knowledge, right, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge is actually the internet. And if you go online and you Google their cult, you are partaking of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, and you will be cut off. And so that's obviously because if you Google the Mother God cult, you get all their insanity just shown very plainly. And the cult, they don't want you to know any of that. So they come up with these doctrines to teach that, oh, you can't Google us. You have to find out information through our approved channels. And that's exactly what the left does. Cults, they love controlling information. And with the left, it's the same. It is fully and completely unacceptable if it doesn't come from a left-wing news source, the WHO, the CDC, but I repeat myself. And I hate to say it, but here on the Dominic Enyart Show, we do not make the cuts. Sadly, it's tragic. Maybe someday, maybe someday we'll make the cut. But as for now, we do not make the cuts. We are not one of the approved channels. And you are listening to an unapproved channel, and Big Brother is watching. So uh, be careful. Be careful out there. Another cult-like aspect is their need for total submission and unquestioning loyalty. Emphasis on that unquestioning, right? Unquestioning. It's very important to be unquestioning. And any question, regardless of how simple or easy, if it is in opposition to them in any way, it sends them spiraling downward into a frenzy of rage and you can see what is a woman.com for more on that their entire worldview collapses with even just the gentlest push and so they don't tolerate any resistance because even the tiniest bit can bring the house of cards tumbling down to quote bob enyar in his video get out of the matrix which you can find by the way at kgov.com slash store if your worldview collapses in under eight seconds, it's a bad worldview. And now I could spend the entire show proving the left is a cult, but I think you get the point. And now I did mention martyrs on the left. I want to talk about that a little bit here. And those martyrs are coming mainly from their BOM, that's burn, loot, and murder, mainly from their BLM branch. And it's consisting of those like Mike Brown, Dante Wright, Rashad Brooks, and most notably, George Floyd. BOM decided they needed martyrs of their own to complete their cultish religion. And while Christianity has martyrs consisting of saints like John the Baptist, Stephen, James the son of Zebedee, James the brother of Jesus, St. Peter, the Apostle Paul, and others, all of whom they faced their deaths spreading the gospel and furthering the kingdom of Christ. And the most notable of all Christian martyrs was Christ himself, who died so that the world might be redeemed. And his death was the greatest act of love ever recorded throughout the history of the cosmos. And so those are the martyrs of Christianity. And the left, rather than having martyrs like saints and prophets, or holy men, or the redeemed, they made martyrs out of womanizers, and rapists, and murderers, and thieves, and criminals, and drug addicts, arsonists, and infidels. And if we were to compare them, I think we would, we would find that the Christian martyrs 
I, I would say they're they're better people, right? If we were to compare, just say the two most prominent martyrs, say Jesus Christ compared to George Floyd. If we were to compare the two of them, I think we might end up noticing several different. I'd say I'd say several differences between the two, between Jesus and Floyd. Uh, but I don't think we need to compare Jesus, who died for humanity. I don't think we need to compare him to a man who broke into a pregnant woman's home, terrorizing her, her children, and pointing a gun at her stomach, threatening both her and her unborn child, then overdosing on fentanyl. I don't think we need to compare the two of them. I don't think we need to go into depth on that one. I think we can safely assume that the martyrs of Christianity are better. They're better than the martyrs of the left and the martyrs of BLM. I think that's safe to say. However, in all fairness, I would like to congratulate George Floyd. That's right. I want to congratulate him. I want to give the devil his due, recognize when someone does something good. And so I would like to congratulate George Floyd on two years of sobriety. So well done, George. In all seriousness, though, the left, in their attempt to rid society of God, they have replaced him with man and man without God, specifically the God of Abraham will crumble. The people, they have changed their glory for that, which does not profit. Now the left every now and then there's another potential martyr uh, for the BOM cause and the left, they aren't really too picky with who they want to join their gang of idols. You'd think after the 20th iteration of additional idols, they'd learn their lesson and choose a new type of martyr to have, maybe one that doesn't have a long, drawn-out, extensive, violent criminal record. You'd think that, but the left, they aren't too great when it comes to PR, and that's because stupid doesn't make you sin, but sin makes you stupid. And the stupidity, it continues with Andrew Teckel Sundberg. Andrew Sundberg, he was in a six-hour standoff with the police. And we're talking a Wild West, duck-behind-a-barrel-esque standoff. And after six hours of danger, he was picked off by two talented Minneapolis snipers. And that was Thursday morning. I believe it—I'm not sure. I believe it began Wednesday night and concluded— early Thursday morning. Now, before discussing the story, I'd like to give some advice. If you're sympathetic to BOM, perhaps perhaps you are black and you're part of BOM and you're afraid of getting killed by the police, I have a pro tip. And considering that, well, I have never been shot by the police. I have never been shot by the police. Not not one time. I don't I don't think I can't remember I can't remember a time I've ever been shot by the police. I consider myself as somewhat an authority on the topic. A really good strategy for not getting sniped is, well, one, don't get into a gunfight with police. Don't get into a six-hour standoff. And that, that, might, that might improve your odds. Also, perhaps don't break the law. And if they confuse you for someone who's broken the law... Just go along with it. Don't resist. Don't make a scene. And you probably won't get shot. And this is, like I said, this is coming from a pro. I have never been shot. If you get falsely accused of a, of a crime, just go along with it calmly and explain your side of the story. And you probably won't get shot. In fact, that's coming through me. I'm not just a, a normal average, you know, Joe Smo pro. 
I am a pro who's actually been accused of committing crimes, which I did not commit. And what do you know? I went along peacefully, explained things. And you know what? I don't, you don't end up dead. It's mind blowing stuff. I know. But if you don't try to kill cops, you will probably not die. I say that as, you know, I've never, I've never died to cops and that's worked for me. So I suggest you follow that advice as well. But this guy, Andrew, he goes by Tekel, Tekel Sundberg. He was shot in this shootout. And of course, the context, it doesn't matter to BLM. As we discussed, they follow with blind faith. They don't read, they don't need reasoning or facts or logic or context. Heaven forbid they ever look at the context. That would be, that would be akin to heresy to the left. All they need is to see some black kid get shot by the police. And when I say kid, I mean 20-year-old kid. Some black dude gets shot by the police. And what do you know? Oh, it's racism because, you know, there couldn't be any other factors at play other than cops wanting some target practice on black people, right? That, that's the only possible explanation is that there's racist cops out to hunt down black people. Uh, and so BOM activists, they went after this shooting and they held a vigil for their newfound idol. And there were masked individuals who went and wrote his name on the ground and they were placing little candles and flowers all around. And they started weeping at the loss of this man who was attempting to kill officers and others. And then thankfully we have a brave woman who spoke out against the sick and twisted cult of murder worshipers. And in the middle of their vigil, this black woman, she came out and disrupted them. And I call her brave because it really does take courage to speak out against the BLM mob. It takes a lot of courage because as we've seen, BLM, burn, loot, and murder, they aren't afraid to live up to their name and burn and loot and murder, not just random people, but black neighborhoods, black owned businesses, murder black lives. And so it took courage for her to say this. And she was, she was a very inconvenient disruptor because she wasn't just some random patriotic red pilled American. She and her children were the victims of Tekel Sundberg as he tried to kill them. And so she spoke out saying this man's life does not deserve to be honored. It does not deserve to be weeped over. And of course she was right. Let's go ahead and let's, let's hear this. People in this unit know what type of actions he did every day. I'm not saying he was a bad guy. I wish this never happened. He had six hours to be alive or be dead. Obviously going through a moment. This is not okay. This is what they want to show on the TV. 
He tried to kill me in front of my kids. He tried to kill me in front of my kids. Wow. And the, there are bullet holes in my kitchen. And the left, they pretend to care about victims. They pretend to care about women. Right? Whatever happened to believe all women? And yet we have a victim here who says she has bullet holes in her kitchen, which is true. Right? There are. And she was almost killed in front of her own kids. And her kids were almost killed in front of her, and they were almost all killed together. So obviously she's angry. Rightfully so. You should be angry. And this lady who was almost murdered, what is the response from the com compassionate and loving left? What is their response from, from that group of tolerant and loving people? What is the response from the left who they care so much about people's lived experiences? What is their response? So, well, you're alive. The bullet holes aren't in you, so you shouldn't care. And it, this this makes you think, right? Like, what would have happened if Jacob Blake's victim had spoken out? What would that have looked like? Which which would have triumphed? Would the BLM narrative have triumphed? Or would the Believe All Women narrative have triumphed? One man in the crowd is being condescending to this mother and says, Oh, oh, she's she's just having a moment. She's just having a moment. She's having a, mo a moment. Can you imagine nearly being killed and your kids nearly being killed in front of you and you're upset about it and someone says, oh, you're just having a moment. It's just a moment. That's all it is. It's just a moment. You shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't be upset because when the guy, when he shot at you, oh, he missed. So you shouldn't be upset because he missed. Others were more direct. Shut up, lady. They shouted. Uh, I heard a few people in that crowd yelling to shut up. And it's very telling about the left. They don't care about the victims. They don't care about justice. All they care about is what angle can they get and what angle can they come from to use this situation, this horrible situation, to score political points and to ruin the lives of officers who risk their lives to save those who hate them. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And thankfully, because this woman spoke up, it has taken such an angle away from the left that they can't just get in these cheap political points. And it would be so wonderful if in the future we have the victims of these horrible people speak up and explain the horrible ways that they've hurt them. And so it's not this picture that the left tries to paint of just you know, all these peaceful people just hanging out in their own homes. And then what do you know? Some racist cop comes in and starts shooting them up. No, that's not what it that's not what it is. And it does bring up an interesting question. Why is it? Why is it that BOM only chooses violent criminals to be their idols and their martyrs? Why is that? 
Why don't they ever choose some poor, innocent, defenseless blacks who are stabbed in the back while they're sleeping? Why doesn't BLM, why don't they choose some pleasant, church-going, law-abiding black citizens who are murdered by the police? Why don't, why don't, why doesn't BLM ever choose those people as their martyrs? Well, it's, it's almost as if, almost, it's almost as if cops are only killing violent criminals in the heat of battle. It's almost like that, huh? I, I wonder why that is. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, that's right. That's because cops only shoot violent criminals in the heat of battle, and they aren't going around and hunting down black people, and the entire victim mentality of BOM is unfounded. All of their fear-mongering is artificially created. It's all a ruse as usual as it has been since Ferguson all the way back in 2014. It's all fake. A little more on that in just a second, but before I forget, I wanted to announce an event. Saturday, August 6th, 2022, at Colorado Christian University, Seth Gruber is coming to town. This is an event being put on by Colorado Right to Life. Seth Gruber is a compelling and passionate voice for the unborn. Seth Gruber is reaching all generations and is helping change the way that our country thinks about and interacts with abortion. Seth has been featured by World Magazine, the American Family Association, the Christian Research Institute, Christianity Today, Life Site News, Live Action News, Students for Life of America, and National Radio Broadcasts. The son of a Pregnancy Resource Center director, Seth Gruber was raised in the pro-life movement and has been speaking publicly on behalf of unborn children since the age of 19. He has spoken across the U.S. educating and equipping pro-life advocates to be a gracious and persuasive voice for unborn children. Seth travels and speaks in Protestant and Catholic high schools, churches, pro-life training seminars, and for pregnancy resource center banquets. He engages in academic debate and blogs and writes as a cultural and political commentator. Seth is also host of the podcast Unaborted. So join Colorado Right to Life Saturday, August 6th. 5 p.m. at Colorado Christian University should be a lot of fun. We'll have that information all on kgov.com, kgov.com, and we'll include a link to register. It's free to register, so make sure to go to kgov.com, check out that information, and sign up. All right, now, with this dude, Tekel, obviously this woman did a great job stopping people from holding his candlelit vigil mourning his life. But that hasn't stopped his defenders from coming up with all sorts of excuses to justify his actions. It's clear the left, they don't care about truth or justice. They only want an angle, and so they're trying to defend him. Because the better he looks, the worse the cops look. And so one thing they're saying is that he was mentally ill when he started trying to murder people. Now, is that possible? Yeah, sure, that's possible. But there's something I want to talk about. Mental illness is not a get out of jail free card. It's not. It's not even a get out of negative judgment free card. The mentally ill, they are capable of horrendous evils and sins. And the reason they're capable of evil and sin is they have a fallen, broken human nature as we all do. And if a mentally ill person murders someone, that does not dissolve them of moral responsibility. Mental illness is not an excuse for sin. There are no excuses for sin. 
It is not an excuse for committing crimes. Now, there is one level of mental illness that is just, you know, this person has is blind, has a complete incoherence of and can't make sense of reality and their muscles are just flailing about and randomly something bad happens. That is something that happens, but that really isn't something that happens hardly ever. It's very rare. You know, people often act insane when they've murdered someone and they're essentially those people are essentially never found innocent on the grounds of insanity, which is good. And so I'd like to make this clear. Mental illness is not a virtue. It's not an excuse. It's not a justification. And I'm going to say something bold here. Mental illness does not even make sin more palatable. You get that? God is a good judge who sees the character of the heart. He tests the heart to know. And if God sees a mentally ill person being evil, God is not going to let him off easy because he was mentally ill. And we shouldn't either. The loving thing to do is to teach mentally ill people that it is wrong and unacceptable to sin. Always 100% of the time. Hey, we are out of time. Support the show by going to kgov.com, click on the store, make a donation, purchase a product. This is Dominic Enyart reminding you to do right and risk the consequences.